Welcome to Lori Jewett Unscripted, the show where we talk to really awesome people and dive deep into their stories to share with you how they uncovered their hidden superpowers so you can learn how to identify and unleash yours. Here's your host, Lori Jewett. Welcome back, you guys. I am excited about today's guest because I can't wait to send this episode to my mother because she's going to absolutely love it. Some of y'all know my mom has her doctorate in education and she teaches teachers how to teach. So love it. I I am. (laughs) So you didn't even know that. Or maybe I did tell you that. But either way, today I am with Marilyn Gilbert Mitchell. That is three guests in a row whose names I was able to pronounce first try. (laughs) Marilyn is the founder of MGM College Services, and she helps families with college planning services. And as the mother of a junior in high school, I'm very excited for this conversation. So if you see me taking notes, Marilyn, it's because... I'm learning from you. I'm like, let me go ahead and get some free advice. <laughs> but, so well, welcome. And I will give you just a couple minutes to or however long you want to introduce yourself and then we'll have a conversation. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Laura. And thank you for those of you who are tuning in, whether live or on a replay. I appreciate this greatly and the time we have together. My name is Let me do the professional part. My name is Marilyn Gilbert Mitchell, founder of MGM College Services, where I provide holistic family planning college services for parents of ninth to 12th grade students so that they can reach their college goals without overwhelm, huge stress, and without a lot of debt. And enjoy the journey. Okay. So now that we got that out the way, my I think you should be a radio host on the side because that was really, (laughs) that was impressive. Well, thank you. So that, that is the official part. The other part is I am a mother and grandmother, 25-year educator, and college planning is something that I decided to do to help my own children and their friends, and then it morphed into helping my students and then moved into me going into business for myself. So it is something that I believe is a divine calling that I am assigned to do, and so I do it not just as a technical thing, but I do it from my heart so that we can help students who want to go to college to do so. I, and I love that. And I love, because I also have recently found my divine calling, which also is our, our target audience is pretty well the same ninth to 12th graders. So in their families. Right. So I absolutely love that. So what, what is the biggest hurdle I, or issue that you see with kids who do want to go to college as far as, you know, is it feeling like they can't for whatever reason? Is it not knowing where to start? What do you find? All of the above plus some. <laughs> I, I say, since you said biggest, I tell my granddaughter, biggest means one. Okay. So my biggest barrier that I see for students who want to go to college is confusion. So now that's one thing that means a lot of things. So whether that is confusion about how to get there, confusion about who to talk to, what steps do they need to take? When do they need to start? How do they decide all of the questions, you know, major schools, colleges, how to pay for all of those, just confusion in general. And what I have seen happen is the confusion is not just for students. It also affects parents. Right. Because, and again, this is my 25th year in education. And what I have seen repeatedly is that whether consciously or not, parents often put their I wish when I was a teenager moments on their students or this happened to me, so it won't happen to you type of things. So when they are helping their students do whether to go to college or not and how to get there, a lot of their own baggage, experiences, all of those things get lumped onto the child. And the child often has no clue of those experiences. So that is one of the reasons that I do family support 
to make sure that if a student wants to go to college, whether the parent is supportive or not, how do I help students to have what they need to not just get to college, but to get through college to graduation? And and that is huge. And before we hit record, I told you that I was going to share a little bit of my story or maybe maybe it was like after we hit record. I don't know. But, <laughs> so I I want to start with talking about my college experience and I'm using air quotes because it was uh, very limited. My mom has her doctorate in education. She mm-hmm. is a it, at that time now. I mean, that's been what? 22 years ago. But at that time, she believed that everybody needed college. No matter what it was, colleges are out. That's what you need. And so I was forced to go to college. Mm-hmm. I, I at that point, was not diagnosed with ADHD. I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until I was like almost 30. So I just knew that I was very... My mom was a sixth grade teacher in the 90s when they were throwing everybody on Ritalin. And so she didn't recognize the signs because in her brain, she had like kind of shut that possibility out. Like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, they're overusing it. And it was it was very abused back then and probably still is today. But either way, she wanted me to go to college. So she signed me up for college and I flunked out twice. Wow. Because it wasn't what I wasn't my choice. I didn't mm-hmm. understand it. I didn't understand what was going on inside my brain. Anyway, and funny story, I flunked out of college and high school. Well, I didn't flunk out in high school. In high school, they just let me out of speech class because... I threw up every time I got in front of people. And oh. now it's one of the things that I do for a living right. speak publicly. So okay. I'm like, if I can get over that, anybody can. But the college part of it, it wasn't my choice. I didn't understand. And what you just said, my mom wanted that for me because that is what she needed in her life. Because uh-huh. she went back to college as an adult with, you know, as a single mom with me at home. And so that was her, you know, kind of doing exactly what you just said. And now... When you were saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same thing to my daughter because my husband and I, now my husband um, has an associate, I think he went to school for a really long time and probably could have been a doctor, but he just has like two, you know, certificates or associates or whatever you call it. But which is still valid. Yes, absolutely. But we're both in the, you know, personal development, you know, business professional development world. And so for a long Mm -hmm. time, we were pushing her to go that route. You don't need, you don't need college. Because that's what worked for us. And when you said that, I'm like, oh, man, I feel personally attacked right now, Marilyn. I should not have had you on here because I am getting like daggers. But it's true. And it's important for for people to realize that is what we're doing. And now we're at the point that my daughter, she still doesn't know. And I, mm-hmm. I'm excited for this conversation because I think maybe you could help me help her. But she still doesn't know what she, you know, if she wants to go to college, if she wants to, she's really big into horses. So if she wants to start a horse business. And I don't know how to help her through that mm-hmm. because I didn't experience that. I never had right. confusion. I didn't want to go to college. I Because at that time, I thought I wasn't smart enough. It wasn't that I wasn't smart enough. It's that I didn't understand how my brain worked. Right. That makes so, sense. So what I would yeah. say to that is one one thing, let me start with what makes me different from so many other people. And as my students used to say, you know, I tried to be a little hip and I would get one or two songs off the radio and then bring it into my my presentations and my teacher, just so I could kind of sound hip. And I would have either my personal children or young people. Now tell me what this song really means. So I don't say something. And it's just really the opposite of what I'm trying to say. Right. So as the students would say, you know, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. So I've been doing this for a long time. What I would say is my definition of college is very different from most. So for me, when I say college, it is anything past high school. 
So whether that's an associate's degree, a four-year college degree, whether that is trade school, vocational school, whether that is a professional certificate. So once you change that definition and expand it, you reach so many more students. So even if you're telling me I wanted to be a medical assistant or a cosmetologist or an HVAC tech or whatever that is, all of those things require some education. You don't just get your high school diploma and say, I'm coming to fix your furnace, right? (laughs) You still have to have some training. There may be a certification and maybe a national board. Um, I am a certified teacher. So of course I have my my teaching license through the state of Illinois, and then I have to keep it updated. I can't get in trouble. So I can't, there are things that I cannot never, ever, ever do. I tell students. So when you have these professional credentials and trainings, you also have to watch your circle. You have to watch the people you hang around, the situations that you come in contact with, because they can literally affect your livelihood. So I would say the first thing is expand the definition of what college means. So even if, and I'll admit as a teacher, and I'm a second generation educator, and my youngest daughter is now in education. So college was not an option, not not in my place, right? It was after high school, you're going to college. And so, and so that's what I did with my kids. But I also found my oldest daughter went into esthetician. So she still had to go to college. She went to traditional college. Then she went to be an esthetician. So she has a state license. She had to pass boards for that to have that business. But what I found is just by opening the definition, you include more people in a more inclusive way that allows students, even with your daughter, what you're describing. If she wants to work with horses, great. There is some training for that, right? You you have to know how to take care of them. What do they need? What do they eat? What kind of veterinarian do you want a relationship with? So if something goes wrong, you know how to handle some things, but then you know when to go to the vet. There are a whole lot of other things. What kind of land? What kind of states? Where can she live? Maybe not where there's snow. (laughs) She might want to go somewhere else, right? All of these things still require education of some sort. And so the sooner students can figure out those, I like twos and I don't like twos, then the closer they are to, to reaching success on whatever level. That is, as someone who, so my husband and I are both licensed insurance agents and we had to go through the the training we have to do continuing education and so that you're speaking directly well literally speaking directly to me but also figuratively i guess but because that is something that i've never heard anyone approach that as you know your mm-hmm. college or your you know education and i think that that really opens up your ideal audience and target market because you're speaking to so many more people and maybe they think it is, you know, a vocational school that they need. And then they realize, oh, wait, actually, this is the direction I want to go. And I need traditional college or I need, you know, an insurance license or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So I think that's incredibly important that you do distinguish that because most people don't. Yes, I think that's I know that that's one of the things that separates me. And because I was a teacher for 15, 16, almost 20 years, you know, I've seen how things have changed with students on college and high school levels because I taught on both the high school and the college level. And then working with parents brings that in and then working at my church and in other places. So what it does is it just opens up to maybe not only um, if a student says, I want to go to college and the parent is, I didn't go to college or I went for a year or two and this was what happened. And the the best way to show this as an analogy or a metaphor is when I went to college in the 80s, there was 
kind of a locker room experience. You know, two people to a room. You shared a community bathroom. There was one payphone in the hall. Most students today don't even know what a payphone looks like. <laughs> and if you see one, don't touch it. It's probably old and disgusting. <laughs> but one payphone in the hallway, and we were sharing space. You know, somebody was on the phone too long, and you looking down the hallway. I gotta call my mama. Get off the phone. Hey, boo. I, you hang up. You hang up. I'm like, yeah, I both <laughs> hang up. I gotta call my mom. I need some ramen noodles. And and so my experience in the '80s was very different from both of my personal children when they went to college, and even with the students that I work with now. So if I gave them only my experience. It would be antiquated. It would make them not want to go to college, especially now that colleges have suites and residence halls and multiple cafeterias and different food for different days of the week and Chick-fil-A and Starbucks on campus. Those are some we didn't have those type of things. Right. So as parents or anyone who works with youth, it's OK to share your experiences, but always make that bridge. So this was my experience, but it may not be yours. So what is the lesson I can take from that, right? It taught me how to, to work with people and live with people. I had one sister, but in college, it was a hundred of us on the floor. We had to get along. We had to figure out how to talk to each other. We had to figure out, I like these people. They, you know, we're doing the same thing. We're along the same path. Okay, these people are doing something else that I don't want to be a part of. So let me stay away from them. I can speak, but let's keep moving. These are all life lessons that we learned in college that helps shape shape who we are today. So, so as adults or anyone working with you, just being careful and mindful about sharing your own experiences in a way that influences this current generation and current students and robs them potentially of the opportunity to find their way like we did, right? We had to find our way. I'm sure we gave our parents headaches at some point. I'm sure they prayed for us, cried with us, wanted to beat us up or whatever the situation looks like. But now we look back and we say, well, how do I help my students without crippling them so that they have their own experiences as well? So I hope that answered. Absolutely. It does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, as you're talking, I'm thinking it's kind of interesting because my mom and my father-in-law, so two of my daughter's grandparents, well, my father-in-law is retired, but we're college professors. And so they're very pro-college for obvious reasons. and. I I was very, whatever, do what you want to do. But I did. I realized that I was pushing her towards the opposite. Start your own business. That's the only way way to make money because that's what worked for me. That doesn't mean that that's what's going to work for her. You know, maybe she wants to go do, maybe she wants to be a college professor. I doubt that. But if she did, I would support it. <laughs> <laughs> very much like me. I don't think she has the attention span for something like that. But, you know, so yeah, I think what you're what you're teaching is huge that we have to accept the fact that even if they go the same route, you know, choose like the, the whatever, the same college and the same degree, it's different than it was. It was different than it was Absolutely. three years ago. I mean, you look how colleges change. COVID changed things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And things are forever changing. That could be good or bad. But what we have seen is that we, we those of us who work with young people, we have to, <clears throat> excuse me, be current in what we're sharing with people, but also tell them why. So in my generation, and I'm, you know, in the fall of my life, that when I grew up, we didn't ask parents why. That was considered disrespectful. It's whatever they said. You know, when I applied to college, I applied to one college. And that was the college that my sister had graduated from. And it was at HBCU, which is a historically Black college and university. So my parents both have college degrees. So I went, I, I didn't know any better. I'm going to tell my mom, no, I want to go to this college. I have zero money. <laughs> 
I don't know what to do, but I want to do my own thing. No, I did. You know, I followed the leading of my mother, who was also an educator. And so when I talk to students and they say, I want to go to blank college. And then we look up how much it costs. It's $40,000 a year. Do you have $45,000? No, no, but my parents are going to help me. You do know they don't have to help you go to college. They don't have to pay for anything past high school, right? So this is a reason that I also promote early information, early access, early awareness, early opportunities. Because if you wait till junior year in high school, senior year in high school, now, number one, you're trying to catch up to the race that started years ago. And then two, if money is a consideration, which most of my students, it is. Now we're trying to figure out how do we pick a school that's best for you, not what's hot on the news or on social media or where your friends go or a Big Ten school, but a school that you are likely to like, enjoy, and graduate from while being prepared for life. So now you're doing all of that in the same senior year where you're trying to go to homecoming and you're trying to do this and you're trying to have a job and you're trying to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or you're trying to do your chores at home and live your life and drive and experience all of these other things. And it could feel really, really overwhelming for parents and students, especially if you have not necessarily been the best student, the most responsible teenager. And so that is a lot to cram into and expect your parents to be fully on board with you going 500 miles away from home, living totally on your palm, on your own, and they're still waking you up in the morning. And they're still telling you, did you do your homework? What about that project? So those are things that I embed into the work that I do with students to not just do academics, but how are we prepare for life? How are we making sure that students know? And this, this sounds really kind of funny when I think about it, but I had students who were going to college and they say, Miss Mitchell, how I wash my clothes. I love you. But that's not a conversation with me. I'll tell you, I need you to go go home and start washing your old clothes. Or how do I cook? Or how do I do this? I said, um, we need. So now I work with parents, too, in addition to say, how are you making sure that you're preparing your students to not only go to college, but to live life independently of you so that you feel like, well, this is my joke. Parents don't want kids to live at home till you're 30. I just don't know any parents that do. That you just want your child to live in your basement and to be with you forever and never get out. If that's you, don't tell me. (laughs) So that's an example of how does the whole family prepare for the transition, whether it's college, career, or life, so that students are more successful. Not that they won't make mistakes, but when they make mistakes, how do they recover from those? That and In the beginning of when you started talking about that, my first thought was, oh, that's the boat I'm in and I've screwed up because my daughter's a junior and I, we haven't really had that conversation the the way that we should and we haven't. But as you, if you dug deeper into that, my daughter cooks most of her own meals because she doesn't like to eat what we eat and I'm not going to cook <laughs> two meals. So she is very self-sufficient. She gets up in the mornings before I do. She, it. Uh, it, I don't, I don't have to monitor her grades or her anything because- awesome. She is, has been a, you know, honor roll student, her entire, you know, education. And that's hundred percent her. I can't take any credit for it because she is just like Mm self-sufficient. So I'm like, okay, yes, we're behind on the conversation a little bit, but at least she, oh, she washes her own clothes. She does her own laundry. So there you go. There you go. Her big thing is going to be having to figure out like how to pick clothes up off the floor. That's going to be a struggle (laughs) for her, but I, it was for me too. So, um, I, I just, I love that, that. You know, now let's say that someone is in my boat. Mm-hmm. This is where this is where uh, a friend of mine told 
told me when I first started my podcast a year and a half ago. He said the coolest thing about starting a podcast is you get free advice from experts and you get to bring value to other people. So I'm like, all right, here we go. Because I'm the mom, I'm the mom that waited. And um I'm the mom that waited. And um now I'm in that boat, like, oh crap. Okay, here we are, halfway through junior year. Where do I start? What do I do? How, you know, how do I help her make those decisions and prepare? So I think that's where it's really cool that you prepare the whole family, not just the student. Right. So I'll give you three things that you can do right now. And then after I also offer a three month college coaching program. And now that is specific for students and families who are looking at the college option. So when families know that that's not your option, this is not kind of a let's try it out and see if it works thing (laughs) because there is an investment involved. So thinking about the three things that families can do, no matter where they are on the college or not college or what that educational journey and career journey looks like, the three things that I would say is, one, have college and career conversations. And not just later. You could even do them in middle school, right? When you are looking at, oh, what do you like to do? What are you good at? Have you ever thought about this as for a career? And it's not necessarily the adults pushing the conversation, but if you're out somewhere and you see that your child is at the doctor's office looking all around and they're listening to the doctor and they're looking at the charts and they see the pictures on the wall and they're amazed by that. That's the opening to start a conversation. Are you interested in science? Would you like to be in a medical field? So let's look in the office and look at all the different pieces of the medical field from the receptionist to the phlebotomist to the lab tech to the doctor, to the nurse's assistant, so that they're getting awareness of all of these different careers, even if they're not sure exactly where they fit in. So having those college and career conversations. Two is have family events that are around college and careers. So right now, whether it's football season or basketball season, whether you like it or not, you're going to see college sports somewhere, track and field. It's all type of things that's out there. And regardless to the sport, It's about, oh, let's go as a family. We're going to watch this game together, almost like Monday Night Football. We're going to watch the game together. We're going to root. Which team we rooting for today? Okay, we're going to root for this team because they're probably showing the stats on the screen. This is the player. This is the year the student is in. This is what the record has been for this student. And those are other ways to, to open up college and career conversations, but you're doing as a family. And then afterwards or before, you can say, let's look online and let's research maybe these two colleges. And between these two, which one looks best to you? What do you like about one and two? So you're making it a family event. And then three, I would say, look at the academic and skills of the student. So yes, I'm not talking about just report card pickup and all of that, but not only just prior support, but what subjects is your student excelling at? What subjects do they do very well without a lot of studying? What subjects do cause them pause? Because typically human nature is the things I don't like, I'm going to shy away from. But the things I don't like is the thing that needs the most attention. Because the only way to get better is to keep doing it, not run from it. But our tendency is, I don't like math, so I'm never going to do math. Okay, I do have to count my money. I have to balance my checkbook. I have to stay clear of the IRS, you know, whatever those things look like. And so how do I move past that? I have to buy a car. I need to understand interest rates and make sure that I'm not getting a bad deal. So those are ways that we can, three ways that we can infuse college and career conversations into just everyday life. And then from those answers, parents can start seeing how can I help my student on a deeper level, connecting them to people in my circle or at the school level so that we can flesh out. I see you like this. 
Let's talk about that. And it may go nowhere, but it does show one, the parent is interested in what the student wants and not just, you're going to do what I say and follow mm -hmm. my path. And two, the student says, I'm not even sure what to ask. And if I'm asking my 13, 14, 16 year old friends, they're probably as clueless as I am. I don't know that that would be the best advice. So, <laughs> and, and that's what we do, right? We, we lean towards that and, and lean towards those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to, so for your audience, one of the resources that I'm providing is a college conversation guide. So it would be three scripts to help students. It's just literally fill in the blank. Hey, blank, your child's name. I see blank. And so it's a great way. Of course, I, I want you to practice it. So when you talk to your child, you don't sound like the Easter speech at church on Sunday. <laughs> Hi, child. What do you think about blank? Oh, I'm supposed to fill in the blank, right? You want it to be a little bit more personal. But that is something that I am gifting the audience. So I'll send you the link to that because that is a great way. If you don't know what to do, how do you do something and not nothing? Because nothing will not work to your advantage. Yeah. So we'll, I'll definitely put the link to that in the description. Um, what is it like a website that they can go to? It's actually just a, um, it's a Google Drive link. So anyone can access it and you can just share it and then they can put in their information and they'll get a direct download. So it's a very okay. simple 10 second process. That's awesome. And you mentioned earlier that you had another, um, I believe, yes, that absolutely. another giveaway that, that we decided that would probably be beneficial. Absolutely. So I, I, I'm a firm believer as an educator that everything that I offer doesn't have to be mine, right? There are some great things out there, some great resources. So while I highlight my services and what I provide, I also know that there are other reputable places for people to get information. So I created a college resources guide. And so it will awesome. say, these are some things that you can look at if you're looking at testing, if you're still taking the ACT or SAT, or if you're looking at college resources on how to plan or how to find money to pay for college and scholarships. So it's just a comp compilation of different resources. Again, it's free to your audience. And so I'll give that link to you as well. And so whether that you can get both, don't think you have to choose one or the other, because depending on your audience and what their personal situation is, they may want one over the other or both. And then thirdly, I offer a three-month college coaching program that is an investment, but it is more personal connections because as a former high school teacher and a college professor, I understand that schools can't do it all. They have hundreds and thousands of students. An example, the pandemic made academics even more challenging, right? Because so many students weren't used to face-to-face -face interactions. They didn't have, maybe some schools did not have as much um, detailed academic curriculum as maybe before COVID because everyone was adjusting to the virtual format and, and all of those things that went with that. And so it is an opportunity for me to work more with groups of students and parents in a more concentrated environment to get them the results that they're looking for. So those are sort of three options that I definitely can share with your audience. And thank you for asking. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's the things that were missed during COVID are crazy. So I hired a tutor because my daughter was really struggling with algebra and she's in like advanced math and always has mm -hmm, been. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she, her like freshman year, she was taking the math course that I took um, my senior year. So, mm -hmm. cause math isn't one of my things. So when you were talking about like the real life examples of math, I'm like, man, I really wish I would have paid more attention. But, you know, with her, she was struggling and with, you know, 30 or 45 minutes, or maybe it was an hour, I don't know, with this tutor, they figured out that she missed some basic algebra lesson because mm -hmm. when they switched to virtual, it didn't, it, it got, it got missed and it didn't mm -hmm. get put on like the Google classroom or whatever they were using. 
And once, and, and apparently, I'm not a math <laughs> expert, but apparently it was like a basic thing, mm-hmm. but is used in every part of algebra. And so she was struggling for that one little thing. So when you said wow. that, I was like, I, I, I hope that parents realize that it can be that simple to figure out. Because at that point, my daughter, she was just convinced that she was stupid in math mm-hmm. and she could never, you know, go to college because she couldn't do math. So I, I, I appreciate that you addressed that. And now it's time for my, my favorite question. What is something that you viewed as a deficit or negative in your life, but eventually realized it was a superpower that you could use to impact others? Hmm. That's a great question. I would say a concentrated, intense attention to detail. Because what that does, maybe in a personal life situation or in a business life situation, it can be viewed as maybe nitpicky or, you know, that's that doesn't matter. That's minor. But in my work, it's my superpower because mm-hmm. missing a very subtle detail, whether in an essay or a student scholarship application or college admission process or something that I missed, like, oh, they should know how to do this already. I don't have to really go into basics with this. Could mean the very decision between yes and no, or yes mm-hmm. and wait listed, or it can help a student get confidence or lose confidence. And so I can see on one level, it can be maybe irritating to some, but when I'm working in my elements, so I tell people who even know me, the way I am as a person is not the way I am when I'm coaching students, right? Because there's a lot on the line and I let them know. So you may know me, but you don't know, know me. And when I'm working in this area, that is my divine gift. You have to take me the way I am. So I may not be for everybody, right? I don't drink coffee. If you're a coffee fanatic, then I might not be your cup of tea. Cause that's what I like is tea. And that's okay. <laughs> it's a lot of other people that do similar things, maybe not as good as I do it or well as I do it. <laughs> But, you know, they're out there. And and so that's something to think about. So that could be something that might not be the best thing. But in the work that I do, it has proven to be extremely helpful and to get even more results. And I'll add that if you look, for example, on my website or through my material, the results that my students have been able to achieve from Chicago, from an inner area, without straight A's, without high ACT or SAT scores, you know, at the national average or below, they still were able to get what they wanted, which was colleges that were not necessarily on the low end, right? From from highly selective or reputable schools all the way to getting money to pay for it was because of some of these non-academic skills that we forget. They are not soft skills. I, I just do not like that term at all, right? Because that makes it seem like they're less important. But being able to communicate with people, having critical thinking skills, being able to express yourself effectively, to be able to look between things and evaluate options and look at all of the differences and the nuances. Those are not soft skills. Those are professional skills. Those are life skills. And so those are things that often are missed when you're thinking about, oh, I want to go to college. Then they think GPA, ACT, SAT, bam. And there's so many other things. I've seen students fail out of college. Not because they weren't smart, but they got tripped up on the other things. <laughs> Managing mm-hmm. your time, staying away from negative influences, balancing your money, going to a college that was outside your budget. Because Again, it with all the daggers you're throwing at me right now, because I'm like, that yes, is not personal. In fact, I'm me. looking at my camera. I'm not even <laughs> looking at your face. So I'm just, you but know. It's, it's so true because all of those things were me. And I, I love that that was your answer. Because I surround myself with detail-oriented people because I am not detail. I am the (laughs) 
I, I'm the like super spontaneous. <laughs> I come up with great ideas, like super great plans, but I need people to help me and hold me accountable with the small details. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I could add this, so what you just made me think of is for the the whole anti-college movement that I see that it seems to be growing, right? Especially with, you know, media influences and social media, this, that, and the other. And you don't have to go to college. You can do this. And I, I get that. If that's your lane, go for it. But what I will say, you better have some people who are college educated with degrees in certain areas who are in your, in your team, on your squad, in your area. So whether it's for you necessarily... You know, whether it's your accountant, your marketing media manager, the person who's who's your legal lawyer, who looks at your your privacy content and makes sure that your contracts are good. You still will have to have people around you who have this advanced expertise, training and certification. So it's also looking at what is my long term goal and what pieces do I need in play? And and so here's a, a, a dated example is the first person that came to mind is someone like MC Hammer. No, don't know him personally, nothing against him or anything, but his story of making millions and millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars, but because of your entourage or having to take care and financially support so many people who were just kind of, yo, hey, I'm your crew, I'm your people, that that made him lose his money a lot faster because of the financial obligations that he took upon himself. So those are areas where the people in your circle, how they contributed to your life. Um, it's okay. a mutually beneficial relationship. I, I have yeah. to add something before you move on, because it's like super ironic that you bring that up. Because before we met 18 years ago, my husband met MC Hammer in Las Vegas oh, during wow. like one of the big, yeah. Do you know where he met him? In an ATM getting declined. No joke. Like oh, I kind of wow. want to grab my husband so he can be like, yes, true story. Wow. But literally like that he met him at an ATM when he's getting a client. So you're so right. And I, I posted something yesterday on Facebook about, you know, the best lesson yesterday was my dad's birthday. So I posted the best lesson I ever learned from my dad is guilty by association. And as a teenager, mm -hmm. I think in my head, I thought that ended when I turned 18. It is still absolutely true. Right. It, it is. And, and there's a quote that people have circulated forever. And I don't know who the actual author is. But it says you're the sum total of the five people closest to you. And then there was another concept back in the 90s or 80s where it was the six degrees of separation. And it was a movie mm -hmm. and a book and all of that. Right. And it's just really about the premise of both of those is guarding your circle, guarding the people who have access to you, who are closest to you. So as a teenager, I remember my mother saying, you know, and she's a woman of God. And she would just say, OK, um. You can't hang around this person. And I was, wow, that's my friend. That, she said, mm -mm. now what I know now is something in the spiritual realm was telling her, no, this person is not good for you. They don't mean you any harm. You know, her discernment was letting me know, but I didn't get that as, yeah. as a teenager, right? And so now I'm more aware of that. And those are things that you want to think about, even as a teenager. Can I be in the wrong place and, and get caught up in something that has nothing to do with me? But I'm attached to it. And so I have to deal with the consequences from it, right? What decisions could I make? Should I get in the car with this person? Should I go with this person? Um, I think I know them at school, but me going out outside of school is a different perspective. It could be a different situation. And as adults, who am I around? What are they into? What are they doing? Does How does that affect my career, my life, my family situation, right? As a parent, can I tell my kid not to do something that they see me doing? And it's that do as I say, not as I do. So these are all things. These are life lessons that students have to learn 
when they're young so that they can practice them. So when they get older and into more problematic (laughs) situations, they're able to have the muscle in their head and in their heart of, okay, I know what to do because I've been prepared for this. So those are just some extra things. So I I tell family is a college is a family experience. And -hmm. I don't know that all parents and families see it that way. That it's not just about three to four years. Let me go do this thing. It's about the experiences and what I do shapes how I view life, how I view other people, how I interact and move in professional and personal and private situations. So I see college as this journey that we go through, whether you finish or not. You live or you learn. There is no loss. You either live and learn or you live or learn. And those are things that um, I know that any parents or anyone who works with teens, you can think back to something in your own life and say, my thought changed when, my perspective changed when, whether good or bad, whether forward or backwards. Mm -hmm. And being able to isolate those things gives us the power and the hindsight to be able to work with young people with love and with compassion as they navigate the same spaces that we were in decades ago. Uh, that I absolutely love everything you just said, because I was one of the people who didn't just thought of college as like the, you know, the three, four years, whatever. So, well, I feel like we could, we match really well. So I feel like we could go on for like another three hours, but um, so before we, before we um, wrap up, where's the, I know we're going to drop the links to your, um, your freebies, but where's the best place for people to find you if they want to follow you or sign up for your mailing list or anything like that? Oh, I love that. Thank you for asking that. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, though I'm most active on Instagram at at MGM College SBCS. So it's just services abbreviated. So you can go there. And if you look at the feed and you see my face and you see college everywhere, college everywhere, then you know you're in the right place. I'm not posting what I ate and all of that other things. You're going to see college-based or career-based information. And then if you would love to be part of the community, I would love to have you. And so you can also go on uh, my Instagram page and then there's a link in my bio for you to be part of the MGM community where you can get more information that is not necessarily posted. You can get previews to upcoming events. I have some events coming in November for families, not just for students of different ages. And so that is something that you can look forward to so we can continue this conversation because I do believe that delays, and I know that delays can cost you denials, opportunities, lost money, and lost sleep. So let's, whatever stage you're at right now, it's not too late to start, but start today and not tomorrow. Uh, absolutely great advice. And we'll make sure we drop all the links and you guys make sure you check Marilyn out, especially those of you that um, have teenagers in your life that whether now or in the next however many years are going to have to start making these decisions. So Marilyn, it has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate your time more than you know. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. And thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Lori Jewett Unscripted. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss an episode. As always, please share this with someone that needs to hear it. We'll be back next week with another interesting superhero.